so as Connor said, we're, we're moving into today our value of learning together as a church and just kind of uh, slowly going through all the values we hold as a body of believers, uh, first of which it starts at going together, that we're called to be on mission, not as individuals, but as a community. Um, and so for the next few weeks, we're going to be hashing out sort of uh, offshoots of that, which include learning together, uh, doing life together, uh, serving together, praying together, celebrating together, all these things that we recognize that a body of believers does. The, the reason a church exists is to do these kinds of things. And so um, today we're hitting on uh, learning together. And so we're back in the Great Commission as we were last week, uh, starting out with was the first call that Jesus gives his disciples as he is, uh, after he's resurrected, and it's to go and make more disciples. Jesus, the author of all creation, could have just like made everything happen in one fell swoop, right? But, but instead, he chose people to go out and extend his grace and truth unto the world. And so he gathers these disciples to himself in Galilee and says these words, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you to the end of the age, always. So we're going to be looking at that today, uh, the second part of that. What does it mean to teach each other, teach disciples how to observe what Jesus has commanded? So let's pray together as we start. Lord, we're so thankful for the opportunity to gather this morning, so thankful to uh, be able to be challenged and encouraged by your word, and we pray, Lord, that uh, your spirit would guide uh, all that is said today. God, I pray you'd be exalted and lifted up. Um, and that our hearts would be encouraged and strengthened with your truth. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A lot of times the Great Commission is referred to sometimes as the Great Omission because uh, we read this passage and we say, okay, we're supposed to be baptizing people and teaching people. So we got to baptize them and teach them. The thing we often leave out is teaching them what? To obey the commands of Jesus. We're not, we're not here just teaching knowledge. We're actually teaching each other how to follow, how to put that knowledge into action. And so the call that we have as a church, as disciples, is to make disciples. Sweet. Slides are working. And what do disciples do? Disciples make disciples. The first thing he says to the disciples he had gathered is to go make more of yourselves. Replicate, multiply, go and make disciples. Disciples make disciples. Last week, again, we talked about how the first thing he tells them to do when they're making disciples is this idea of baptism, right? This practice of baptism. Not just in one name, but in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The idea being that you are to be immersed in the character and nature of who God is to understand what he has done for you, how he has sacrificed for you, how much he has been generous towards you, how present he is with you, to know the character of our God. The second thing we're challenged to do is to observe the things Jesus commanded, to teach unto observance the things that Jesus commanded. I think I'm going to say a couple times uh, today is this phrase, that church is a place of exchange. Church is a place of exchange. 
It's an exchange between members of a community rather than a place where we're simply concerned about what we are receiving. Church is not just about what we are receiving. It's about what we are doing together. It's an exchange that is happening among us. Jesus says that we are to uh, not just teach disciples. We're not just receiving information, right? We're exchanging that information with each other unto obedience. So the first question we should ask when we look at a passage like this that says, hey, when you go out and make disciples, you're to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you're to teach them to obey what Jesus commanded, we have to ask what? You guys went through this on Thursday. What did he command? What did Jesus command? I prepared you for this. Are you ready for the test? I, well, you might not have seen it. You're not on the band. I don't know. Okay. All the people that are privileged to be on the band app, which is not, does not include kids. Sorry, kids. Sorry. Maybe one day. Maybe one day you too can have the band app. I know. Everyone is really proud of having it, and so maybe someday you too can. A kid chat. Yeah, a kid chat and band. Oh, this is a great idea. Okay. Um, all right. Youth chat. Yes. So what, so what did Jesus command, right? What did Jesus command? Anyone... Maybe, uh, maybe on Thursday you guys came up, or Wednesday or Thursday you guys came up with some things that Jesus commanded. What are some things that Jesus commanded? The, yeah, what we're reading now. Go baptize them. Yeah, exactly. Other things Jesus commanded? Love God and love others. Love God and love others. Store up treasures in heaven. Give to the needy. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Okay, yes. Fast, he said. Yep. Any others? The sermon on the mount, all of it. All of the sermon on the mount. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5 to 7. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jesus commands a lot of things. And, and, you know, we think about Jesus in his commands and think, okay, yeah, like a very familiar one, love God, love others, right? We love that. Love your neighbor. This is so simple, you know, very innocuous. Like, yeah, I love my neighbor. Love him. Um, but to observe that, right? To know that is one thing, to have that knowledge that this is a teaching of Jesus. Uh, it came out this week that I was circulating on my family's chat thread that that Elon Musk was doing an interview with Babylon B, I guess. I don't know how this world happens. I really, like, I seriously actually had an interview. Anyway, whatever. Uh, he said that he appreciates the teachings of Jesus. Yeah, right? And that's true. A lot of people actually appreciate the teachings of Jesus. Jesus. But, but do we observe them? Do we obey them? And do we know all of them? Do we know let the children come to me? Do we know that, that he is concerned about us bearing fruit in keeping with repentance? It's not really a fun one. I gotta repent and I gotta bear fruit. Okay. Practice forgiveness, not once, but seven times. No, not seven times, actually seven times, 70 times. Go and sin no more, he says on multiple occasions. Follow me, he says 23 times throughout the Gospels. 
Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. That's not fun. It's tax season. We're here. Don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. To Peter, he said, feed my sheep. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Practice church discipline against the brother that sins against you. These are things Jesus said. And so if we're hearing this command at the commission of, hey, go and teach them all the things that I've commanded you, teach them to obey these things. I'm telling you, we're going to spend our lives learning to observe these things. As followers of Jesus, we're going to spend the rest of our lives learning how to observe these things. We need a lot of grace and love for each other as we become disciples of Jesus. Um, One thing I want to recognize is that the Lord is teaching you every single day. The Lord is teaching you every single day. Okay? He's teaching you through all sorts of means. So you need to be aware that uh, this, this idea of finding out what Jesus said and how, learning how to observe it is something that you can engage with every single day because it is not in hiding. Okay? God is speaking. He has spoken and he is speaking to you every single day. There's an opportunity to hear from the Lord. Uh, he's teaching you every day. First, he's teaching you through your circumstances. I'm going to plow through some verses talking about this idea that that God is wanting to teach you what he has commanded. And he is all about teaching you through every single thing, you personally. Philippians 4, 11 to 13. Now that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Usually we just use that last one to say how much weight I can lift at the gym. And <laughs> favorite, favorite verse of Baseball Chapel, yeah? No. No, no, okay. <laughs> Not of Baseball Chapel. Of baseball players? Maybe. Okay, very good. <laughs> um, what Paul is telling us here is that in every situation, I have learned to be content. In every situation, I have found more about who God is. God is teaching you every day through your circumstances, whether they are abundance or whether they are hunger, whether they are plenty or whether they are need. God is speaking to you in your circumstances, just as he spoke through Paul. He's teaching you from his word. The word we have is God breathe. This Bible that you have, and maybe you have multiple copies, maybe you have multiple versions because you have a smartphone or access to the internet or whatever, like you have the words of God available for you to read. All this scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. God is teaching you. His word gives us not only knowledge, but it also gives us peace and rest. In Hebrews 4.11, it says this, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of your heart. 
The word of God that God is teaching you through isn't just knowledge, it's piercing to you. It separates out what is going on in your heart. I, I challenge people with this a lot when you're reading your Bible, uh, like in your devotional time, you set out some time to like read scripture, right? Um, and a lot of times we focus on what little nugget from this word can I get? What little piece of knowledge do I need to get from this passage, from this chapter, which is sometimes really hard to do when you're going through like some genealogy or something, Okay. You aren't trying to memorize the, uh, the line of Jacob and exactly all the names. God wants to speak to you, not just in the knowledge of the words, but through his word. As you are reading his revealed word, he is speaking to you. It's not necessarily about the information that you are reading. It's about God who is communing with you as you are reading his word. Yeah, like there's lots to know and lots of knowledge to gain, but even more than that, when you're reading the word, you're in the presence of God, and he wants to speak to you. His word wants to separate joints and marrow and discern thoughts and intentions of your soul. That's a little bit more than just like, you know, a a book report that you're trying to write, you know? God is speaking to you from his word about himself. Finally, each of you, each and every one of us, Learn from the Lord himself. As it said in Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always to the end of the age. He's with us. He wants to be with us and he is teaching us directly. He's not just teaching us through circumstance and through his word, but he's also teaching us himself. He is present with us. He is not absent. And again, John 14, 25 to 26 says this, These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So God is teaching you, right? He has sent Holy Spirit to teach you. There's a lot to learn, and, and there's a lot to learn from our experience and from God's word and from God himself, and he is interacting with us in that way, in an individual level, like each and every one of us as followers of Jesus, he is speaking to every single day in all sorts of variety of ways, and maybe in sermons or maybe in books that you're reading or whatever, he is speaking to you and teaching you every single day. But the things the Lord teaches you are never meant to stay with you. They're not meant for you alone. If God is teaching you something, it doesn't stop with you, right? Like, go back to the Great Commission. Jesus is there on the mountain. Like, he could have led this thing as a resurrected being and, like, blown away the earth with his presence, right? He could have just walked all over the earth and be like, yeah, I died, came back, here I am. You guys saw me on the cross, and now here I am. Like, he could have done that. He could have been, you know, riding on a white horse, and he's going to do that later. Like, he's going to ride on a white horse through the sky or something. You know what I mean? Like, like he could do whatever he really wants to do. Poppy. We're Poppy. He could blow out the stereo system if he wants to, right? Um, He could do whatever he wants to do. 
But instead, in, in God's choosing of how he was going to expand his kingdom, he gathered to himself like 100 people and was like, hey, why don't you go tell people what I told you to do? So the things that the Lord teaches you were never meant to just stay with you. They were always meant to be passed on to someone else. And so we've got this uh, perspective now in America where we are individuals and I am on this spiritual journey alone and I'm to be attaining this spiritual development for myself and, and we're keeping it to ourselves, thinking that we are the consumer of goods, right? Like I'm just trying to build up my knowledge for me so it's good and I feel happy. No. God has called us, if he's teaching us something, to share what we are teaching with others, or what we are learning with others. So, I've got a picture of seeds. Hey, there we go. Obviously, I've got a picture of seeds. I mean, I know you guys saw this coming, but whatever. Um, Knowing what he has taught us, uh, taught to... Yeah, sorry, I've got my notes all messed up here. Yeah, great. Keeping, uh, yeah, here we go. Keeping what he has taught us to ourselves is like expecting vegetables to grow while there's still seeds on the shelf, right? Like, are any vegetables going to grow from this rack of seeds? I mean, it look great. Look, we got all kinds of goodness. Hello, carrots and and lettuce, and radishes, and great things. It's a pattern, isn't it? Doesn't it sound like a pattern? Okay, I don't know. Um, But if we're going to keep what God has taught us to ourselves, then it's just like, there's no vegetables going to grow from this. The fact is, we don't grow through association. Plants and vegetables grow because we plant a seed. We take what we have learned and we put it in the ground. We put it into practice. We share it with others. If we take two seconds to just reflect on the testimony that you have in coming to the Lord Jesus, where did you come to the Lord Jesus? Was anybody else involved? Someone was there. Someone was there worshiping the Lord, following the Lord, trying to become more like the Lord, and you crossed paths. And they're like, hey, I I feel like you need to know this. I want to share this with you. Someone planted a seed in you. Said, hey, here's the truth of the gospel. Like, your heart is broken, and you need the Lord. And, And God has provided a way for you to come and know the Lord, and that's through his son, Jesus Christ. Someone put a a seed in your heart, and it grew. But the fallacy that we get stuck with is that that's the only seed we have to sow. It's like once you come, you know, to faith, you just kind of like go on your own way as an independent Christian. No. God has called us to pour into each other constantly. What he's teaching you in the Christian life is to be shared with one another. 1 Corinthians 11.1, Paul says this, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. That feels like a really bold statement to us, I think. Right? Paul knows he's not perfect. Paul knows he has sin. Paul knows he is broken. But he challenges those he is leading to say, Listen, I'm trying to follow Jesus. Imitate me because I know I'm trying to follow Jesus. Come, come. Follow me. I'm trying to follow Jesus. You follow Jesus too. 
what God is doing in Paul was meant to be shared. And so he calls them to imitate him as he imitates Christ. The way we've structured our church is intentionally structured around the concept that all that as believers we are all called to make disciples. Like the vocational minister is not the only disciple maker. All disciples are disciple makers. And so, yeah, I, I hope that as a follower of Jesus, you are learning more and more and more every single day, that you're learning from where God has you, that you're learning from reading God's word, that you're learning from being aware of God's presence inside you. But the things that you are learning are not meant to be kept with you. They're meant to be shared with your brothers and sisters in Christ. He has gathered us together as a body of believers for a purpose, that we might pour into one another. Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Not just individually, corporately they devoted themselves to these things. Hebrews 10.24-25, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What God is teaching us, what you've been encouraged in, he wants you to encourage somebody else in. We're all going through hills and valleys, okay? And like God has us in the space for a purpose. I'll tell you just like from my testimony of uh, being a church planter here in Clearwater, Christy and I moved here together, right? God called us here to come together. And throughout this journey, there have been times when I'm ready to throw in the towel. And she's not. And there's been other times where she's ready to throw in the towel, and I'm not. It has never been at the same time. And it's a testimony to God because we've been in some very, you know, deep valleys and whatever. And so, so like, the fact that that has never lined up for me is God saying, hey, I've got you here for a purpose. And yeah, when you're struggling, someone who is uh, intimately cares about you and loves you is saying, hey, no, we're good. Let's keep trucking. And that's what a church is to be to each other, to lift up each other when we're struggling, when we're mourning, when we're worried, when we're scared, with the courage and encouragement that we have received in our time. Colossians 3, 6 and 17, 16 and 17 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. These things that are dwelling inside of you are to be shared and expressed unto each other. Finally, as Hebrews 3.13 says, But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Too often, church is just another source of information for your life. It's too often regarded as just a, another source of information for your personal journey with the Lord. But it is in community 
that knowledge is applied, and wisdom is the fruit of applied knowledge. You cannot apply the commands of Jesus to yourself. You can't do it. All of his commands are about loving others, right? expressing what is happening to others and encouraging others. All the law and the prophets, which we work through a ton of, so it's important for us that instead of seeing church as this, another source of information where we receive, we should see it as a place of exchange, a place where what God is teaching me, I can share with you. And what is he is teaching you, you can share with me. It's a place where, um, where, where I'm thinking in conflict with scripture, you can challenge me, right? If I'm sharing something here from the stage, and you're like, no, 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 that's not what that means. You should challenge me. You should come and say, like, I don't know if you've got that right. It's a place where if you're losing hope, then I should encourage you. So we've structured our church in this way that we recognize that God is teaching you. Personally, he is teaching you, each and every one of you. He's teaching you amazing, beautiful things through your circumstances, through his word, through his presence with you but he wants to do something with that knowledge for the body of Christ. And so that's why we challenge and hold so highly this idea of community group, right? Because the knowledge and the the wisdom and the information that God is challenging you with every single day is something you got to work out and apply and share with others. It's not meant to stay with you. And so our community groups are this place not as another source of information, but rather a place where we bear ourselves to each other and say, this is what God's teaching me. In the context of this scripture that we're working through this week, this is what the Lord is saying to me about that. And this is where I'm struggling with that. A group uh, that that we have each week is a a group of people uh, that's been learning to follow Jesus and gathers to share what the Lord is teaching us in the context of what our scripture we're working through. God is uh, very good about timing the word. Really good about it. I don't actually try to, like, you know, line things up or whatever. He's always really good with scripture. And, like, our sermon series, I'm not, like, trying to catch people where they're at with, like, a certain topic or whatever. I'm just like, God, what book do we need to be in? And we'll start. And then we're there until we're not there anymore. And I'm sorry that sometimes that's a long time. But I... I can testify and hope you can testify that at times those words that we've been in are on time, right on time. And I don't take any credit for that. Zero credit for that. We're literally just going a passage at a time and God is speaking to us in our time of need with the word where we're at. And so our groups are a place where we can share where we're at and share our concerns and thoughts and questions about the word. So God is teaching us individually, and he's teaching us as small groups that are bearing ourselves to each other. And finally, he's also teaching us here. I don't want to not recognize that God is speaking to us and teaching us from uh, Sunday morning. I think it's obvious that, you know, someone gets up and shares a word about scripture that you might be learning something. Hopefully, sometimes, maybe it's about seeds or whatever, but, um, or some movie or some football game. Um, but, you know, you learn something, I hope. But I want to say that it's more than just 
this information. Again, it's still not about what you receive. Rather, we're all involved in this together. I know we're not a church that we, like, say a bunch of amens, right? Haven't got any amens this morning? Zero? Okay. Yeah, see? I think that was an amen that we don't have amens? Wait, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's not, we don't have that kind of vibe going on around, which, you know, that'd be fun. So I welcome it. You know, hallelujah, amen. We're good with that. Go. Okay. Uh, preach. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, there we go. There we go. Um, that'd be fine. But the fact is, as we commune together regularly, what we are saying is, yeah, I agree with that word. I agree with the way we are preaching and what we are saying and what we're proclaiming. I've said it over and over again. You're not going to remember this sermon. You're not. You probably don't remember any of my sermons, right? I don't know. Maybe one or two. Maybe. I don't know. It's very unlikely that you're going to remember this sermon. But you're going to remember the spirit of what I'm preaching. I guarantee that. You're going to remember that I believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. You're going to remember that, that we are saved by faith in Jesus. You're going to remember that you are a priest. You're going to remember that I expect that God is speaking to you, that he is present with you. You're going to remember some things, like general things. You're going to remember the word together. Sorry. And so, yeah, we don't have a bunch of amens or whatever, but, like, we are responsible for what's going on here as a body of Christ. And so I challenge you, like, again, if I say something that you're like, I don't know, let's talk. We have a responsibility to stand, be stand behind what we are testifying to publicly as a congregation. Sunday morning is about celebrating what God is doing in us. And so, yeah, we recognize that you're learning from the Lord individually. But don't let that knowledge just sit with you. God has given you what he has given you, that you may give it to somebody else and share it and challenge others with it. So as we close, I just want to remind us of these two things. God has made you a disciple. That means you make disciples. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go out on the street and hand out tracts, okay? It doesn't mean you're an evangelist, necessarily. Could mean that. I mean, possible. But it's literally about you following Jesus and being open to share as the Spirit guides what you are learning from Jesus. It's as simple as that. And God gives you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity if you have the eyes to see it. He gives you opportunities at work. He gives you opportunities at your house. He gives you opportunities with your friends, at community group every, Sunday, every week. Like, he gives you opportunities to make disciples. And not just about getting converts. It's about making disciples, teaching unto obedience disciples who are following Jesus. Yeah, we want to see people come to know Jesus for the first time. We also want to see them continue in their faith in Christ Jesus. And that happens when we continually devote ourselves to learning together to making disciples who make disciples. And finally, church is a place of exchange. This is not a place that you just come to receive. We're pretty out front about that, I think. Um, it's not a place about just receiving. This is about exchanging. God has you in a unique place that I'm not at. I'm a white, married man with four kids 
and going to be 39 this year. Okay? That is my particular place in life. I read scripture from that bias. I cannot change it. I can't change it. I don't have any ability to change that. So I'm going to speak from that as God calls me to speak. He has you at a different space. Maybe you're single. Maybe you're married. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're young. Maybe you're old. Like God's word is being revealed to you in a special way, and we need to hear it. Church is not just a place where we receive. It's a place where we exchange the word that God is speaking to us. And it's not in conflict with what the word says. So we challenge each other, right, in that and grow. Church is a place of exchange. Jesus said this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and behold them with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful for what you've entrusted us with. You saw fit to make us part of the kingdom of God, not in just receiving what the kingdom is, but sharing it with those around us. You saw fit to place us where we live, that we might call upon you, and that others might also call upon you. And so God, I pray you would help open our eyes to see where you have placed us, that we might exalt and proclaim and encourage and strengthen and rebuke and um, challenge and teach and correct one another with what you have taught us with. Let us do so lovingly and with grace, but let us not stop from doing so. God, we pray that as disciples, we would make disciples, that we would be committed to sharing with each other your character and nature and teaching each other how to obey these difficult commands that you have given. We will be shaped and challenged by them for the rest of our lives, so God, help us commit to challenging each other with grace and truth in what you have commanded us to do. Pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.